Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The How's Your Father podcast with Johnny Cochran. And now, here's Johnny. Welcome to How's Your Father uh, for all those people listed. Now, um, to just reaffirm once again, what the podcast was, kind of, where it kind of came from was, I am a new father, and um, I thought, why not talk to my peers, my friends, people who are interesting people who are also fathers or have some, you know, relation to fatherhood. In fact, everyone on the planet has some relation to fatherhood. That's irrelevant. Um, but um, this week, we have a very special guest. I'm super excited to welcome the wickedly talented uh, rapper, comedian, actor, I think he can put up shelves as well. The guy does everything. It's Doc Brown. Thank you. I can I can put up shelves. Um, <laughs> I laid a patio in my last house. I was quite proud of. Wicked. Um, actually, when I sold the place, I was. That was probably the thing I was most upset about. You know, your thought, patio. These guys don't appreciate this shit. <laughs> yeah, I built that. You know. <laughs> Um, if you can lay a patio, you can also get rid of a body. That's the way I think. Like, I won't mess with you now. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, I just think this guy has the ability to bury people under patios. Nice. Yeah, I, I suppose I probably could do that, but I just don't have it in me to actually uh, take someone's life. I'll do the killing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'd have to bury them alive under the patio. Right, yeah, yeah. which is even more sinister, really. In a way, yeah. But you could be like the, you know, if we used a Pulp Fiction analogy, you're like the Vincent Wolf. Like, if I kill someone because I just lost it one day and I go, <laughs> Doc, I need to get rid of this body... You know, someone who can build a patio on top of this person. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be able to get that done? I don't know if I want to confine that to an actual recorded uh, <laughs> Everyone listening. documentation. But um, He'd do it. yeah, it feels feels an odd way to start a, a podcast about um, giving life, but talking about taking life away. <laughs> but uh, you know, sometimes being being a dad makes you. Uh, a borderline want to kill something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it's probably lack of lack of sleep. No, maybe anxiety. Maybe we could like you know. I mean, you you wouldn't want to. It doesn't drive you to want to kill someone, but kill something like yeah, an kick, insect you'd kill. Yeah, kick something hard. Yeah, you know, hurt your foot in the process, and then get more mad. Yeah, by it. yeah. I mean, I ha- I have two children, and and the elder one. Um, struggled with you. You won't want to hear this, but it's just fact. She couldn't sleep until eight. Oh, do you know what? I, I, we're gonna. And have to it some... was brutal, bro. Like 
there was times where I mean I just feel so bad about it now and I apologised at the time but there'd be times when like me and my missus would sit down you know watch Sopranos got the kids to bed and then she'd just appear at the living room door like in tears really stressed out I'd be like oh for sake just go to bed you know just go to bloody bed you know and you think it's not her fault no I just can't it's just an issue that she's got um but yeah, since then it's been sort of plain sailing, really. So um, you you have an older daughter, and I've got a fourteen year old and an eleven year old, and they're both girls. Both girls, yeah. Cool, cool. I I have a um five and a half month old boy, and I mean it's a shame that this is an audio medi- medium because when you said that your daughter had trouble sleeping till eight years old <laughs> if you could express the way my face looks like there was like Kate Bush this woman's work playing in the background Ooh, like really I'm upset my son is not sleeping he woke up and did a three hour awake session from three o'clock last night it's and- just oh, I mean that that first two years really is the test of any man because I'm not saying it's not difficult for women it's technically more difficult for women because there's a physical element you know, they really are involved. Like, that, a, a baby could do it without you, but they couldn't do it without a mum. Yeah. Know, um, for various reasons. But the reason I say it's a, it's a real test for a man is because there is that thing of that knowledge that they can't be without their mum, but they could be without you. Mm. Just You just start looking at that front door a bit more and thinking... <laughs> Mate, what if I went to Mexico? Yeah. Like, what about Mexico? I could change my name. I could be like a fruit picker. Yeah. No I'm out. To be, I'm, I'm off to build patios in Mexico. I'm out. It's a really... And, and of course, because of the lack of sleep as well, it's, it's really messes with your head. And, and, you know, you get down and you start thinking, this is a horrible mistake. What am I doing? And I'm locked to this for the rest of my life. And you start freaking out. But actually, it, you're just not thinking straight because of lack of sleep incredible tiredness the energy that you need when your kid is up and about during the day and then you've got to put draw on these reserves for the night as well where you should be completely resting and re-energizing you know what i mean like most of my friends now are in your position they got babies now and for me it was just luck of the draw i always knew i wanted kids yeah but you've got to meet someone and be certain of that relationship unless it's just going to be another waste guy like with kids with different girls yeah. and all of that and not really being a dad to any of them. I never wanted that either. So finding the right woman at such a young age, just thought, fuck it. Like, let's just do it. Yeah, you went, you just thought, yeah. let's go for it. And I think part of that was because my, my dad was 52 when I was born. So oh, it's just too old, you know? And I grew up with ang- the anxiety of him dying, you know, which I don't think you want as a little kid. And then, of course, it happened. So, like, the anxiety came true. And I think, for me, it was very much like, as soon as I can, I will. Yeah. Uh, and there is no, like, right time. We did it when we were completely broke, living in a bedsit, like still managed it mm. you know you just find a way so talk talk to me about that time then so yeah, it was like a mad you, time. you you decided to have a child in the first place mm-hmm. um and it's interesting that you say that you you know you make it work but you know some people from the outside looking of in course. might be like what were you doing in that situation yeah, trying it so so but you you went for it and how did that play out well i think 
number one, it was slightly more, aside from like 9-11, I guess, it was a slightly more like um, optimistic time, mm. you know? Like Twitter didn't exist. I didn't really use the internet for anything. Really. Emails is what I used the internet for. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? I didn't foresee like smartphones and social media and all of that stuff. So when I had a kid, it was very much in that thing of like, well, I just do what a parent does. Like I, had, I probably had a couple books that I never looked at. You just don't have time. You just sort of think I will be attentive and I will be there. And you have a few best laid plans. They immediately go out the window. <laughs> I mean, I remember at one point we were talking about let's do this like nappy thing where you have like towel nappies and then you clean them and you, you, you sign up to this delivery service and they bring like five fresh ones and you give them the... And then as soon as the baby was born, it's like, fuck, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, she's just shitting every two seconds. Like, we need... Uh, well, it's, it's bedlam. At NCT, they asked us whether we'd use reusable nappies. Obviously, the hysteria around climate... Is it a real well, that's the other thing now. we didn't have that then. Mm. You know, it wasn't a, th- a thought. There were so many things that felt like you could raise a kid like your parents did with you in the eighties. It d- it didn't feel that different, you know. Whereas now, like I look at my friends having kids, and I think, wow, that's it's a bold move because I timed it so that I didn't realize this at the time, but I timed it so that um, by the time we're all killing each other for fresh water, my kids will be like healthy young adults do you know willing to the four of us will be a decent little team we're like we'll have like the the teenage mutant ninja turtle weapons you know i i thought i thought that that forks. you know we are heading into this kind of mad max kind of dystopia <laughs> yeah. and my baby unfortunately is just going to be he's going to be a weakness for me isn't it yeah. you know what i mean and you know I, i'm gonna have to look after him rather than being able to count on him like mm-hmm. team doc yeah. You know, because yeah, yeah. if anything, you're going to be marauding like Badlanders rather than with four of you going, you know, whistling just in, you know, eerily. That's um, the hope. But yeah, at the time, I suppose to answer more directly, it was it was really just sort of trippy. It was if I remember it feeling a bit like being in some kind of sci-fi because you get the baby home and all. that's the other thing. We were really, our living situation was was kind of up in the air. We were... Um, I was a part-time youth worker and my missus was a newly qualified teacher, uh, primary school teacher. Um, so we didn't have any money, um, but we got on this key worker scheme to, to, where they'll give you a, a, a deposit to buy a house. Um, so I was scrambling around looking for a place. My daughter was due um, January 06. I was scrambling around right up to the wire in uh, 2005, looking for a place. Eventually found this flat in Dalston. And, um, oh my God, like I got the keys on the 21st of December, 2005. And she was born on New Year's Eve, the 31st, (laughs) 10 days later. And the flat was uninhabitable. (laughs) Like it was a complete shithole. So um, we all stayed at my mum's in Wilsdon. And every day I'd get up and go over to Hackney, r- ride on my bicycle from Wilsdon to Hackney and do a bit of work on the flat with, with my mate. We didn't hire anyone. We couldn't afford to. So we just did everything, stripped it all out. 
he's quite handy like that and I'm like I'm a decent assistant so we just did it all ourselves and just rushed like six weeks just got it like livable and it's a testament to how hard it is to start a family that 13 years later I mean we've only just sold that flat 13 years later um, when we were 14 years later when we sold it we still hadn't really done much to it like this wasn't time it's too busy like kids with kids your life becomes sort of more about survival initially and I've just been really fortunate that to get into show business after two kids because that's when I got into it post two kids it was very unusual and then to have the success that I did now I'm just like reaping the spoils because my mm. kids are, are big they're doing their own thing and I've got so much time to be creative it's, it's mad so it all comes back around and it will have a happy ending you did mention you got two daughters yeah. so what, what kind of what kind of issues did you find uh, raising daughters that uh, well I mean I'm still going through them right now it's, it gets it's getting more intense now I'd say like from birth to ten judging by all my friends boys you've got it way easier with girls man like they're just so much calmer so much more focused and they mature so much quicker emotionally and uh, uh and also like academically so you can bring girls anywhere and they'll just sit down and find a little corner and just create something <laughs> beautiful they'll build something uh, on a creative level whereas boys it's the total opposite you just take them anywhere and they'll just destroy something they'll find something to destroy they'll arrive with a weapon that they found on the street you know and they did terrify me when anyone brought a boy into my house it would freak me out um but then of course the tables turn when you get to my stage so with my 14 year old there's other girls her age who like you look at their instagram page and it's like it's terrifying mm. they look 21 they've got you know they're in their underwear and you look at the thing, it's like, it's public. Like, why am I even able to look at this? Yeah. This is mental. Whose parents are like, like my, obviously everybody's got different opinions on this. For me, as soon as she turned 13, I was like, yeah, like, I'm not going to be some hypocrite. Like Instagram is a huge part of my business. Like, yeah. uh, and brand, if you like, um, I can't be a hypocrite and say, don't go on it. Plus, what a lot of parents don't appreciate is how important these mediums are. Like I talk to my teenager on Instagram more than on text. If I text her, she's like, why are you texting me? <laughs> you know I mean? Send me a story. Yeah, chat, chat on Insta. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it, it reminds me, oh my God, there's like things that are really important to their friendships. And WhatsApp and TikTok and Instagram like it's it's like it's almost like their version of you know when there was like a funny show on TV when we were kids or or they replayed like Robocop or something mm -hmm. if you missed it the next day in school like you just weren't in the convo well, it weren't worth coming in was it <laughs> do you know what I mean or if like, it was something on Newsround that was mad like I remember in 93 where John Craven was talking about the uh, information superhighway and he finished this bit by going, um, uh, so one day, and he sat at this BBC computer going, so one day you'll be able to order a pizza or a jumper <laughs> online. 
like this one back to the studio and the next day we were like Craven's lost his fucking mind did you see that shit he was talking about on news round information superhighway oh, they need to they need to retire him man he's lost it he's smoking that loud yeah. he's talking about yeah. stuff of a madman's dreams Craven <laughs> yeah. you're, you're way out of line um, but yeah you know the zeitgeist was, you know, it was a part of social life. I was never a cool kid, but just knowing what was going on sort of helped me. And, uh, you know, I argue with other parents who feel differently, like they don't want to give their kids a phone even, you know. And I'm like, cool. I, I, My only rule was not till secondary school. So my 11-year-old starts secondary school this autumn. I'll give her a phone this summer. And even actually, she's quite queer about it. She's asked to get a Nokia 3210. Nice. Yeah, be- with email. Retro. Because she's uh, Yeah, because she is a bit scared by the social media and stuff. The older one, she's manoeuvred it really well. Like if you look to look at her Instagram page, you can't obviously because it's private because that's the rule number one. <laughs> um, it's like nine pictures of cats, you know? Strong. Got she, a brand. Yeah, she's like... <laughs> She doesn't post. She's on there to chat to her friends and to look at celebrities. Right. Do you know what I mean? She, every day she'll send me like a meme or a thing about Timothée Chalamet, you know, <laughs> wearing like a terrible outfit to the Oscars. You know, stuff like that. And Stranger Things thinking, Craven leaks. predicted this. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger Things leaks and stuff like that. So she, she uses all the things, she, TikTok as well, she... I hear these horror stories from other parents. I'm like, what? That really happened? They're like, no, no, no. I, re- I read it in The Guardian, but you should take it seriously. And I'm like, but that's just not happening. Like, I, I think you've got to be be vigilant. But the main thing is have a relationship with, with your kid where you can talk about anything. You can't be best friends with your kids. You've got to give that shit up. You're, you can do that for the first few years and you, you definitely will. But after a while, you're not their friend, bro. Like, mm-hmm. you're not in their world. You're an embarrassment, really, if anything. We think so, we're cold. Yeah, we, we think we're cold. <laughs> so you've just got to support them and have a stance that means when they feel weird or scared or awkward about something, they will come to you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's, I'm really, really blessed to have that with, with my teenager. Like, when she got her period, she came to me. We talk about it openly, you know, we talk about sex, we talk about um, social media and stuff all the time and what to look out for. And it's so refreshing that she'll be the one who'll come to me and say, I can't believe what this girl's doing on social media. Like, why would you do that? Mm. You know, like that's a that's a that's a fast track to um, depression or uh, 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 um, uh, a feeling of inadequacy. Do you know what I mean? She, she'll, she'll talk about that stuff like quite openly. She knows what to avoid. But uh, I mean, you know, Ray, speci- I guess specifically raising daughters as mm. well, you certainly get this, you know, there's been an age old kind of approach from blokes going, you know, if I have a daughter, she won't be dating a guy until she's 59. <laughs> and, you know, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll beat him up when he shows up or she's not leaving the house. Now, <laughs> You know, in in modern times, you know, uh, uh, and because of wonderful advances in the feminist movement, you wouldn't like to think that, you know, women, girls are going to be treated differently in terms of freedoms. Yeah, yeah. and also that whole stance is such a ridiculous double standard anyway, because if you're really concerned about your daughter and who's dating her or, you know, you're going to lock her up, 
you're you should be raising boys right yeah <laughs> you know one of the key things to making feminism work is not women having to do everything it's men fucking stepping up yeah and men won't step up if they're raised wrong so it's i think you know there's so much pressure on every side of the debate that still remains on women you know, whether it's it seems to be a positive feminist message or not, it's still, it's all like, but women have to do this in order to do this. In order to get this, they have to do that. In order, there's never that conversation about, maybe men need to do a bit, <laughs> a bit more. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's not about like going out there and waving a flag uh, for, for me too, or like joining in a hashtag and just being really cringy because we don't know what, how, how women really, really feel, you know? The only way to do that is to create more conversation, have more conversation with women. I've learned a lot from having daughters, but I'm no like flag waving feminist. I believe in feminism, of course, because I believe in equal rights. Like mm. for me, it's just a standard thing, but I'm not like some hero of, mm. of feminism. Cause I just find it really cringy unless you're really doing something. And I think one way that men can really do something without you know, constantly having a hashtag or just begging it on Twitter or something. <laughs> it's just like, raise your sons better, man. Like, give your son, instill some values in your son. If you're really serious about women and safety of women, especially, because we all know what the biggest killer of women is. And it's not heart disease. Mm. It's fucking men. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, we are we are like the most dangerous thing yeah. <laughs> in a and woman's world. the biggest world. killer of men is men as well. Yeah, you know, terrible. Um. So, you know, just let's just try and raise the boys a bit better. And I think the best thing about this whole movement that has quite helpfully for me, like come alongside my girls sort of coming of age. Um, the best thing about it is like men can't ignore it. It's in your face like every day in the news, in in the 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 content that we consume. You hear it in music. You see it in movies, you see it in TV shows, documentary. It's everywhere. It's, it's part of the modern language now. Me Too wasn't just something like, oh yeah, that, that next year there'll be a new hashtag. It's part of something way, way bigger. Like Black Lives Matter. I don't, when I think of Black Lives Matter, I don't think of the hashtag. I think, oh, we've actually got something important into the mass conversation. So I don't look at Black Lives Matter as a movement I see it as a, another piece in the whole history of civil rights, right? Where it's just like a thing. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Black lives matter. All lives matter, you know? But it's important to stress in that particular moment where it feels like they don't, that they do. The same thing with me too. It's like, yes, us as well. Not not you. This is the thing that Black Lives Matter came up against all the time. Mm. Well, why, what about white lives? What about white? No, no, no. We're not saying, yeah. the hashtag's not, not Black literally. lives matter more than white lives. White lives don't matter. It's these lives matter too. Because we need, need to say reminder. that because of the history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only reason we're saying it. And and me too is similarly uh, profound in its in, in its simplicity. Me too. It's like saying don't forget about me as well. Like it's not just it happened to me too, which is obviously how it started. Mm -hmm. But like, don't forget we're as important as men. It seems a mad thing you have to say. Mm -hmm. Like we have the same rights as you. Remember. You know, yeah. so it's like to have all that happening when you've got kids soaking up the, the this stuff, I think is good. And I think the next generation of boys will be better than ours. I, I mean, I hope you have to hope this stuff. 
Uh, I mean, it was. It, I remember when I was a younger boy. It's it's mad the pressures that are on a young boy, you know. And obviously, all the dads listening were once young boys. Yeah. Go going to school discos, just doing kick ups with the balloons. You know what I mean? That was that was <laughs> that was life. Yeah. You knee, know, knee slides in in halls. I mean, come on, that was the best, wasn't it? You know, yeah. nearly failing my GCSEs because of chat manager. Those that's the good parts of being mm. a guy, and then it just gets a bit twisted along the way for some people. But I think that the kind of camaraderie between men, because they don't talk enough, mm. means that it, I guess masculinity can mutate, and then you end up with these. Oh, my girl won't be going out until she you know that's yeah, the whole yeah. point um yeah, yeah. And, and you know every man is is uh has the potential to fall into what would you call it problematic behavior at some point you know you know like the the the, the whole me too thing I, I i'd be amazed if there was a man on the planet who didn't go okay let me rewind for a second what <laughs> i've definitely said something at the very least i've said something inappropriate at some point I don't think you'd be a human being if you didn't say something inappropriate uh, around sex and the politics of sex as a young person. And yep. I'm talking about men and women here. You're at university. There's inappropriate shit happening all the time. You know, obviously I'm not talking here about sexual assault and rape and, and all that yeah. really serious stuff. I'm talking about being a dickhead. Yeah, right? absolutely. Just being a dickhead. You know? And you'd think I can go, yeah, I, pr- I shouldn't have said that. What was I thinking? You know, those times where you, you're like, you think that you've won a girl over and you you say something to her and she's like, what? <laughs> like, you've just had an affair with me in your head from across the bar. I, don't know. I have not even fucking noticed you're alive. <laughs> those moments where a woman looks at you and goes, your mask has come off. I see you for who you and are. Like, this uh, is over. Uh, <laughs> um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Just on that note, then, um, when we talk about, you know, we kind of went into, you know, me too or whatever. Do you think in general, though, that um, having daughters has, it's not so much just how you would raise them, but it's actually refocused your own behaviour on yeah, the world 100%. as well and outlook? 
hundred percent. You know, and I know it's the easiest thing to say. Like it's a bit like saying uh, I'm I'm not racist. I've got like I've got an Indian friend that I used to hang out with. How it's is like, he? Is he right? <laughs> yeah, really he's good. 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 Shout, shout, <laughs> shout out Dipesh all day long. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, you know th- that thing of like, well, I've got daughters, so like I really know how it is for women. Like it's a nonsense, but one thing it just genuinely does that's just fact is you you really worry about like how they're being treated and especially you, as you have teenage girls some mature quicker than others so you might have a 14 year old who with makeup or a dress on might look 18 and if she looks 18 or maybe even 21 then she's gonna get looks on the street and that feeling of like it like that's so new like that feeling of like the male gaze on women i look at it and go ew that dude that's gross like she's mm. she's like 15 and you think well i probably did that mm. like if i was 25 or whatever and i don't know anything about parenting and i see like a a, a 14 year old go, girl who looks 18 how how would i know walking on the street how old she is, you know. So, you know, I'm t- sort of talking myself up as a pedo here, which is a bit weird. <laughs> but I, I think it's the point I'm making. I've never actually stared at 14-year-old girls, guys. But um, the point I'm making is, like, you start to clock things. You know, like, when you learn to drive and suddenly you see learner drivers everywhere. But before you were learning to drive, you didn't notice yeah. that they were there. And it's exactly the same with this process. First off, you know, when your missus is pregnant, you notice more pregnant women. When you got the baby, you notice stroller brands, you know, and all this all this stuff that was just completely foreign to you. And yeah, as the girls get older, I, I start to notice, oh, that's I, that's actually gross, this thing that men do. Like, you know, they think they're being really surreptitious about it and they're just not, like, it's, it's grim. <laughs> and it makes women feel uncomfortable, you know? Um, so there's like loads of sort of cavemen shit you start to clock. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all meaningless unless you live a certain way. Like if you live with respect for other human beings, if you're honest, if you, you're trustworthy and, and, and you never like go out to hurt another human being, then you're gonna, you're actually going to be a fine dad. You're going to be fine. It's just there's nuances and there's little things that that you can learn if if you're if you're willing if you're open-minded and 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 you listen and you're observant you know um you can you can be better definitely and um you want to be as good as you can be don't you for for your kids like you want your kids to not look at you as a waste man like that's the that's the crucial thing (laughs) and make incremental improvements on what your parents did in the same way that they made incremental improvements on on their what they remembered from their childhood you know my parents childhoods both of them mess absolute mess and i don't think that's rare you know if you go back in time children really I mean, what was what was children's rights? Children's rights. I don't think that was yeah. even a phrase, was it? My mum was doing some Oliver Twist shit. It was crazy, time, right? Yeah, just was... just two generations ago, it was bananas out there for yeah. kids. Yeah. So you know, we're already making incremental improvements by going. Children have rights. You know, children deserve this. At the very least, they deserve care, attention, shelter. You know. Um, so we're we're already making improvements. And it's just like, you just got to think, okay, how how can I keep being better? The difficult thing is, 
because it's so physically and emotionally demanding, you drop the ball all the time. The The crucial element of that is to not uh, beat yourself up. I mean, there's not a day that goes by when I don't think, have I already fucked both my kids? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, is, is it already happened? Like, are they already going to be like complete emotional uh, uh, um, uh, screw-ups, you know? Because you, you see them do little things and you're like, oh God, that's me. That's from me. Yeah. That, oh God. How have they picked so that up? I, I, I thought I'd hidden that. I thought <laughs> yeah. I'd hidden that. Ah, oh, shit. You know, so there's loads of that. And of course you will. But the the, the, the thing that we, the, the easy mistake that we make when we're pregnant for the first time is that there's going to be this little person who's half me and half, half her, half dad, half mum. And it's like, that's not quite right. What 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 is delivered in the end is someone who's twenty five percent you, twenty five percent mum, and fifty percent is just just a new, it's just a new being. So um, you did mention that you have a teenage daughter, and uh, I think that's quite a daunting period for any uh, mm. parent, you know. And so, are you dealing with those kind of uh, teenage tantrumy kind of? Yeah situations yeah. yeah i mean my kids are they're amazing they're absolute superstars both of them but every kid has a a, a breaking point and the little one it's she's more like a once a monther and it's terrifying terrifying with the little one she'll have a, she'll freak out once a month whereas the older one tends to freak out a couple times a week <laughs> <laughs> uh, she just like she likes everything just so right and if things don't go her way she just flies off the handle and it's really hard to be patient in those moments but you've got to, you've got to just go okay i hear what you're saying i don't really think you re- you're responding to this situation in there being no more bread for your packed lunch tomorrow <laughs> by slamming the door and screaming at us i don't think that's a you know i don't think that's a mature response you know that kind of thing but it is really hard because someone's just screamed in your face and slammed the door you know in your house (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard not to match it have you reminded her who pays the bills oh yeah i've done that one loads like it's it's incredible the things she expects and it's like yeah i'm paying for that and you know money that she does accumulate you know that never goes we 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 were going to get a projector which we did do um, and she really, really wanted it, and I hadn't really thought about it. And I, when she mentioned it, I thought that's a great idea. And she was like, "Yeah, but I'm buying it." I was like, "Well, that's that's fine." And she goes, "Yeah, but it's it'll be mine." <laughs> and I was like, "That's also fine, but it's a projector, so the fun thing will be to watch movies together, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, but it'll have to be in my like it's not leaving my room." <laughs> And I was like, but you haven't even got a good wall in your room to project onto. Like, it has to be in the living room. We've got one big white wall. Like, it's perfect. She was like, oh, trying to convince her to share this thing that technically, if you really want to break it the fuck down, I bought, not yeah. you. Where do you think your money comes from? It's not like some, like, you know, it's not like uh, uh, the big short or something. You got, it's this labyrinthine thing. You got to work out, like, just follow the money. Where's where's this cash coming from? It's just very simple. Your money was given to you by me. Yeah. 
you're buying something as communal as a projector we're fucking sharing it and it's just like those kind of arguments are just hilarious you and you get hit up in the moment and afterwards you can laugh about it and i think that is the best thing to do as well like the aftermath a lot of the time when we retell the stories to each other like if her and and my missus missus have had a massive ding dong which they you know they're prone to do when the story's retold later when me and the other one are in and there's the four of us together it tends to be laugh out loud funny because of how ridiculous it seems now you know and then she you know she stormed off and she did this and you're like what over what <laughs> so yeah long story short the older the kids get the tantrums yeah they get crazier and you know you're talking about like with little kids they have tantrums and then two seconds later they're like oh a daisy you know <laughs> with the older they get it's like yeah you know it could be three tense hours you know <laughs> before like they're talking again and it's oh god it it is painful it's tiresome but has there been has there been any threats from the teenagers to leave the house because that's my, one of my favorite go-tos when i was younger yeah i definitely had that and my but my mum would call my bluff on it she'd go get out yeah <laughs> and one time yeah, like one time i was just like stood outside and she was like yeah what's, what's happening <laughs> like shit this really has backfired on me badly um no i've not had that one um because they know the economic economic yeah. situation is a lot different they're like yeah. i can't move out um but definitely the, the disrespect is like shocking sometimes like just the some of the things they say like the way they just like swat you aside like you <laughs> absolute idiot you know and you're like hold on a minute <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's just it's another thing you've got to, at the time, try and remain calm and afterwards you've got to laugh at it. Because the easiest thing to do is to get into middle age and really resent your kids for everything you've had to do for them and the lack of appreciation that you see from them. But you've always got to remember, one thing my kids both do say when they're angry is, I didn't ask to be born. And that's actually a great point. Yeah. It's a very it's a very hard point to argue against. It's like we have them partly for our own vanity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let me have like this good looking younger version of myself <laughs> that I can show off to everybody about, you know? And then when it backfires on us, we you know, we don't like it. And they're like, hey, mate, listen. The other thing they say, like when we complain, when they hear us complaining about money or how expensive it is to have kids and whatnot, they're like, well, you shouldn't have had us. <laughs> it's like, it's your fault. And it's like, yeah, you know what? That's another strong salient point. <laughs> I mean, I turn around and it costs me 300 quid. <laughs> kids are so expensive. Like when I see families with more than two kids, I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> showing off. Such a show off. Your third kid. They're not real. Fuck off. <laughs> One little feature that we have on the pod, because mm. um, obviously we, it's a, a conversations all around fatherhood, but uh, and some of it dips into advice. But we are now going to see if there is any particular advice you want to share in a feature we're calling "Get Your Tips Out for the Dads," <laughs> uh, and it usually goes with me singing it first. So get your tips out, get your tips out, get your tips out for the dads, Doc Brown. <laughs> Just like. Don't get into uh, like sleep politics with your wife because the lack of sleep you get from baby 
is also obviously as we've established going to affect your sleep and your wife's sleep you're, so all three of you are going to be missing important hours of sleep so don't get into sleep politics with your partner because like i remember i'd just get up like if she had to get up at at, at seven or whatever for another feed i just get up like because at that stage you don't want to be the dude who's like all snuggled <laughs> up in the uh in in the in the du in the duvet and 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 an additional tip on, on top of that is if you can um support her for the majority of those feeds it will bring you closer together like if you you're both having the same amount of sleep because resentment can breed really easily in a marriage really easily I mean, it's just a small thing. It can be small things and then over time it builds, especially if you're not correcting problematic behavior. So I say, yeah, trying to even out the sleep as much as you can. So you're both, you're suffering and enjoying together. Of course it's hard, but you know, if you can get the baby enjoying a bottle early, and I'm not talking about follow on milk, I'm talking about breast milk, you know, express some milk, get that bottle and get your wife out of there. Get her into a spare room if you've got that or the sofa. Let her sleep and don't let the baby anywhere near her. Because if the baby knows its mum is nearby, they're not going to take the bottle off. <laughs> the quicker you can do that, the sooner you're going to have an e a slightly easier ride of it because your wife will get more sleep. You can each have a break from the kids because if the baby will take milk from the dad then your wife can go out go for a spa day man do you know what I mean and vice versa you know you can, you can earn that day out at the football or whatever you want you want to do because you've given her that spa day so it's I guess in short this tip is all about just sharing out time because time becomes this incredible commodity once you have a baby it's very very valuable I think that is fantastic to me. I'm, I'm, is that, it seemed to be speaking to me right now at the moment. To be, <laughs> right, okay. I'm going to come home to my fiance and be like, well, Doc's told me what I've got to do now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What a wonderful chat with Ben, a.k.a. Doc Brown. Expressing breast milk was discussed in this episode and there's some links to information in the show notes. If you haven't done so yet, skip back and listen to Carl Donnelly's experience going through IVF and Russell Kane trying to get a good night's sleep. It just leaves me to say thank you for coming on the pod um, for all the fathers out there and non-fathers. This can be listened by anyone, enjoyed, and, you know, I think it's quite educational, some of the things that we're hearing. But thanks very much. And um, is there a place that where the listeners might be able to find you if, if they've enjoyed you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really do the socials outside of the gram, so the gram's probably the best place. Got Greasy 88 and say hello. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Doc Brown, and you guys, see you next time. On the next How's Your Father podcast. It's Quincy the Comedian. Compared to my first child to my second child, I was a dad. When a father, I was a dad. I had the title of a dad in my first one. After my partner passed, I became a parent. Produced by Paul Daniels at pauldaniels.tv. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.